Okay, we ready? Three, two, one. Uh, all right, top 25. Uh, I updated that earlier this week. Also got a Michigan high school prospect no one is talking about. Uh, and then hosting playoffs, that whole system structure format. Got a couple questions on that uh, over the weekend. And then I'm also going to preview the North-South Showcase, which starts actually today in Traverse City. And I'll be heading up uh, tomorrow morning to catch a lot of the action there at uh, Center Ice Arena. So if any of that interests you, uh, be sure to support the cause here. Subscribe on YouTube. Greatly appreciated. You can follow on Apple or Spotify uh, and connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook as well. Bit of a clunky start to the episode there. I apologize. But uh, there's a lot to get, get into. I mentioned a couple of those off the top. Um, so without further ado, let's talk some hockey, right? Uh, top 25 team tiers. Uh, let me explain that a little bit. Uh, if you missed it, you can definitely catch up on that on pdspicks.com. So what I did, uh, I've been doing the top 10 pretty regularly, about updating that about once a week throughout the season. Uh, and then once a month, I'm kind of expanding that to a top 25. So this is kind of updating the top 25 picture uh, over the last probably four or five weeks of action. Uh, so not only do I give you the top 25 teams, but then I kind of chunked them out into different tiers. I've grouped them uh, based on my top 25, where some of it's debatable, right? If I have someone at nine and you think they're a little bit lower or a team at 12 could be above them, like that's what I mean. You kind of got these chunks uh, within the, the rankings, and I kind of break them out here by uh, front runners. I think that's pretty clear cut, right? Catholic Central, uh, Byron Center, Houghton at this point. Those three in my mind have really – uh, separated themselves right out of the gate to kind of be the the front runners in their respective divisions. Uh, and then this month actually added Heartland to that mix. I dropped, so Brighton fell out of my front runners uh, group there. Heartland jumps up into that front runners tier. Heartland really convincing win over Brighton just before break. Heartland's really starting to play some really good hockey in general. They're, they're starting to look uh, about what I expected, maybe even ahead of schedule a little bit, you know, watching them at the beginning of the season. Uh, I had mentioned on the podcast, I'd written on blogs that there's a ton of talent there. It just looked a little bit off at the moment, you know, missing passes or just weren't quite on the same page with each other uh, and had confidence that coach Rick Gadwell would kind of get those kinks ironed out and, and that group would start to mesh and mold and start playing uh, better hockey as the season and they're starting to do that now. And I think you're starting to see that with some of the results. Uh, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. I probably wouldn't have expected them to be clicking until potentially the MIHL showcase. So they're a little bit ahead of schedule, as I mentioned. So uh, hats off to Heartland. And like I said, that body of work kind of pro propels them into that front runners group in my mind. Uh, next tier there is the favorites. Teams that definitely capable of skating with, playing with, even beating some of those front runners uh, with a strong performance. Uh, but ultimately still in the mix, right? Definitely favorites to win a regional, definitely uh, strong potential to get to a quarterfinal, get to Plymouth, still contend for a state title, uh, but not necessarily considered a, a, you know, the perennial favorite to win the, the, their respective divisions. Uh, 
uh, come playoff time, but definitely ones that are in the mix and in consideration. So uh, one of the favorites that stands out to me uh, is Bay Reps. I think they've been playing some really good hockey lately. Uh, what was it? Uh, something over the weekend. What did I miss over the weekend? Nonetheless, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk more in Bay Reps as the episode goes on with the North-South Showcase coming up in a little bit. So uh, Bay Reps were kind of the favorites that are standing out to me the most of that. Uh, what is it? Probably six or seven teams there that I have in the favorites tier. Uh, the next tier after that uh, is contenders, right? These are these are teams that I would expect to probably win their respective regionals, and unless they're kind of paired up with some of these front runners or favorites, but uh, absolutely capable of contending and skating with and playing with some of those teams ranked ahead of them, uh, but not necessarily. Um, uh, not going to be favored going into any of those matchups by any means, but they start to put some pieces together, uh, start playing a little bit cleaner hockey, maybe get a big per performance out of a goalie and net, and you can end up stealing some of those games. That's kind of that contenders pool for me uh, as far as teams go. And then the last group there, probably the last five or six teams in my top 25 uh, are what I'd consider my long shots. And I, I say long shots because I kind of, I kind of ran out of phrases here. So long shot's probably not really appropriate here because uh, a long shot to me is, is you know, maybe you're like 70 to 80 to 90 type team pulling off a big upset over a top 25 is a bit of a long shot. Um, whereas a top 25 team isn't, isn't that long of a long shot. Um, but the like I said, they're they're ones that are going to be contending at the regional level. If they're right, uh, you know, a favorable draw come playoff time, maybe you could see these long shots making a, a bit of a run that people aren't expecting. Uh, and one of my newest long shots, and this is going to kind of dovetail into a little bit of prospect talk here. Uh, one of my newest long shots is White Lake Lakeland. Uh, starting to squeeze into not just my top 25 picture, but a lot of other outlets, top 25s as well. And one of the big reasons for that, uh, I think, is their goaltender, uh, senior Paul Baker. And, and I want to get into this because uh, I got a text over the weekend uh, from a pretty, pretty reputable source, guy I've known for a lot of years, um, coach in the space for a long time. So he's seen and been around the game for a long time. And the way he talked about Paul Baker was enough for me to really take notice and, and perk up. Uh, Lakeland obviously starting to put together a really good body of work uh, that I can't deny. Others can't deny, right? We're, everyone's kind of starting to take notice there of what Lakeland has done this season. And I got to talk about Paul Baker because of this. And, it, and it's kind of unique in that, you know, let me, let me just read this verbatim for you here. So, uh, text says, I coached against Hellebuck, Connor Hellebuck, currently with the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL. Uh, I'm not saying Baker is him, but I left the game feeling the same way after we played Wald Lake Northern back then. So a uh, little context there. Connor Hellebuck was a four-year starter for Wald Lake Northern many years ago. Uh, he had actually had the opportunity to coach against uh, Hellebuck and Hellebuck very frustrating goalie for opposing for opposing teams stood on his head kind of almost came out of nowhere right it, 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 Wald Lake Northern wasn't exactly that hockey hotbed program uh not once producing at, at an NHL level right so 
uh, for Hellebuck to come out of there was was pretty surprising, I think, to a lot of people around the state. Now, Hellebuck uh, was pretty active in like the NDHL circles and some of the fall and, and spring hockey. So Hellebuck might not have been as surprising at the state level. But um, to hear these comments about Baker and draw any type of comparison to uh, goalies like Hellebuck at the high school level right now, he's not it's not a one to one comparison. And, and that was even mentioned uh, in the text. But I think this is a little bit more of a surprise. And again, probably not a surprise to um, to people in the in the Lakeland circles where Baker has, has been a, a standout for the last couple of years. Um, but for people like me who haven't seen Baker at, uh, at the MDHL or MHA or team Michigan tryouts, uh, and things like that, um, very surprising, very, uh, and in a great way, good way. I'm glad these types of things, uh, are happening and, and this can kind of get the word out or, or pique people's interest and, and get people talking. Um, as much as I can tell, I, Baker, I think is also a football player. Uh, and so maybe that's got some of it to do with, do with, um, people like myself, not being aware of him. You know, I texted a couple of goalie coaches in the area that, that I know, and they weren't familiar with him either. And that's okay. Right. Like that's, um, that's okay. Like I'm not, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, criticizing or critiquing or anything. It's just like, that's kind of why he managed to slip through the cracks for me personally, or I wasn't fully aware. So, uh, after hearing those comments, you know, I peeked in on a game uh, of Lakeland's so just a couple minutes. I just wanted to see the man, the myth, the legend, uh, see what he was about there. I'm definitely going to go back, watch a little bit more Lakeland just in general. I want to see the team, but also uh, want to see Baker in net uh, and how he is. Super athletic kid by all me, by all accounts. Uh, they played uh, Trenton real tough earlier in the season. That game makes a lot more sense to me now because of uh, what I'm hearing and, and some of the rumblings I'm hearing about Paul Baker. Uh, so hats off to him. Very impressive. Um, you know, anytime people are talking like that about you is, is, is definitely exciting. Um, you know, dual sport, multi-sport guy. Hey, you might have a bit of a future here with, with hockey. If you want to pursue uh, junior hockey and beyond, that might be something uh, maybe you're considering now that you might not have been before. So, um, so yeah, obviously the texts I got weren't, a direct comparison to, you know, being a potential NHL goalie. I'm not saying that either, but what I am saying is there's something there. There's enough of, there's enough of an itch that I'm, I need to scratch and, and, and find out uh, and see more just because, because um, like I said, I haven't been able to see him stack up against some of the top kids at the MDHL and, and other uh, fall entities. So definitely intrigued by that. And, and we'll definitely see more from Lakeland uh, as the season unfolds. Uh, another comment, question, conversation uh, that I had over the weekend was in regards to uh, playoffs and just the structure in general. Um, more about, I think, hosting and how uh, NPR plays a factor. I think the assumption was that the number one seed in each region hosts the region. Uh, and the number one seed, obviously, determined by MPR. Now, none of that is accurate, as as far as I know. Um, to kind of walk you through how the whole format system works as best I can, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of 
questions amongst parents, players, uh, maybe even some coaches who aren't fully aware, but um, just to kind of shed some light on it. So there's no rumor mills or all oh, this team's hosting because of X, Y, and Z. And um, how it works is I believe as early as the summer, um, teams, coaches can begin submitting bids to host their respective region. And at that point, they don't know what teams are in their region. Uh, they don't know kind of who they're competing against there per se, as far as the region is concerned, but they're making a bid to host. And I believe that need needs some uh, coordination, not just from the coach, but the athletic director at the school. Uh, it's a real coordinated effort. You need to um, get with your ice rink and, and reserve the ice to host, you know, as many as six or eight games to kind of complete your regions, right? It's not just about having ice to play your game, but to play the games on the other side of the region. Uh, if you get bounced, if you get eliminated in the first round, you still have to have ice available for that tournament to continue in without you, not to mention you're still providing um, people to run the doors, people to be in the score box, uh, all that type of stuff. And, and that's what I mean by your athletic director, I think is, is a bit involved there in the process in terms of, hey, we want to host. Here's how we're going to host. We're going to have these these volunteers uh, working the door, this volunteer working the score, bo uh, score box and, and things like that. So, uh, so there's a lot more to it than, than, uh, than that. And typically I, I feel like the teams who tend to host, um, tend to be a lot of those, you know, top tier teams because those are the ones I'll say most invested and, uh, most involved in the game at, at a lot of different levels. But there's been a lot of other instances where, um, where that's not the case too. So uh, where can I go from there? So um, teams, schools submit bids to host. Then the MHSAA takes it over from there and basically says, okay, we have 29 programs bidding. We only need 24 for regions. Uh, so then they start laying out the map, figuring out where clumps of teams are going to be, what rank makes the most sense, uh, some of that type of stuff. Those questions, some of that inner workings and, and how they determine what school hosts and what schools don't, that's a different conversation. I don't have those answers. Uh, MHSAA ultimately determines that. Um, but that's kind of that process where, uh, you know, if you're tired of having to travel to A, B, and C uh, every year for regionals, then, you know, maybe it's time you submit a bid and, and try to host. And maybe that's the case for a lot of programs. Maybe programs are submitting bids and getting turned away. That definitely happens. But uh, but that's the general process of it. And, and the questions I was getting uh, on Twitter were more pertaining to, you know, okay, this is the projected number one team in the region. Uh, they're going to host game A, B, and C and things like that. And I was like, all right, that, that's we're, we're crossing wires there. And that's why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast to hopefully clear things up a little bit and and maybe make sense of the host situation come playoff time. Um, and then there are instances like, let's say, um, you know, there's 24 regions and only 20 schools um, submit claims to, to host, submit bids to host, or maybe the MHSAA has hosts, but they don't have a host in the Traverse city area, for instance. 
Um, there are instances where the MHSA will reach out to schools in that Traverse City area. Hey, are you willing to host? We, we're going to have a region in this area, but we don't have uh, a host school yet. There are instances where that happens as well, where the MHSA is reaching out to those schools. But I don't believe anything in that process is based off of MPR, who's ranked higher, uh, some of those things. I don't think that factors in uh, at all because your host sites are determined sometimes before the season even starts. Uh, and the MPR obviously doesn't isn't um, fully into effect until I think February 1st is that cutoff date for the final uh, MPR standings, so to speak. So. Uh, hopefully that kind of clears up some, some of that talk. There's a lot of details and and um, and just little things that go into the the playoff format that I think we, I'll say outsiders, can kind of lose sight of or not fully uh, understand. You know, I've heard a lot of people on social media talk about, well, why don't we host at Mac and uh, Yoast and East Lansing? and uh, Big Rapids, and, and we'll host all the quarterfinals at the uh, Division One programs in the state. And again, great concept, great idea, um, but I do, I do believe like U of M and, and Michigan State, for instance, have to, you know, they're reserving their own ice around that same time in the middle of March because they don't know from a Big Ten tournament standpoint if they're going to be hosting their own uh, conference playoff games or what's kind of going to ensue there. So I know um, there's a lot of just logistics, whether it's on the MHSAA side, whether it's on the event, uh, the venues side um, where, you know, they might not have the ice avail availability. So we can't just kind of assume some of those things, but uh, that was kind of, <laughs> kind of a lot, but just kind of, um, nitty gritty type stuff that uh, maybe not everyone has an appetite for, but nonetheless, hopefully that kind of clears up some things. Uh, whether you're a parent and you're just like, oh, I'm tired. I want to drive a hundred miles. <laughs> to, you know, I know some teams travel up to a hundred miles for, for regionals one way. Um, so if, uh, <laughs> if that's one of you, if that's the case, Hey, maybe you light a fire and say, Hey, why don't we host next year? Uh, some of that type of stuff. So uh, anyways, I'll move on here. Uh, I want to get into, I'll get into kind of the meat and potatoes of the episode, uh, heading up to the, uh, Rick Denoweth North South showcase, uh, up in Traverse city that games begin tonight. Uh, I will be on site sometime tomorrow morning and I'm going to be there all weekend catching up on games and, uh, checking in on teams, prospects, been writing down lines and, and D pairings and have a whole bunch of notes on prospects throughout the weekend. Um, I did put up my picks for the week. And what I did was previewed all 24 matchups for the North South showcase uh, and offered up my pick for each one of those games. Uh, and you're obviously more than welcome to submit your picks on pdspicks.com. And the link to that article is in the description below. So uh, if you want to get your picks in before, I think games start at like, I don't know, 5.45 tonight? What time is it? I got the article right here. 5.45, Grand Rapids, Christian, and Bay City square off. And that'll kind of be the ceremonial kickoff to the event. Um, the North-South Showcase been around for a lot longer than I, I initially gave it credit for. I was doing a, a bit of a deep dive as I was writing the article. Uh, and goes back as far as I could find on not just the Michigan High School Hockey Hub, but also my hockey rankings 
uh, and going back to like 2011, 2012. So, uh, so obviously been kind of that mainstay in the Michigan high school hockey space. Uh, I've participated in this, uh, as a coach when I was with Livonia Stevenson, the North South showcase was always kind of a, a staple on our calendar and, and one we had circled and one that it was funny, our players, whenever we asked them, like, when did things kind of start to click? When did our team start to come together? When did we start getting buy-in? And almost to a man, every year they said the Traverse City trip. And so we kind of, we would joke, we would laugh and, and be like, well, shoot, why don't we move the Traverse City trip up to <laughs> the first week of November? And then that way we can start buzzing right out of the gate. Uh, so North South showcase, uh, always been a fantastic one. There's some top level teams in it this year. Uh, eight of the teams in my top 25, uh, are currently going to be in action. And then there's a, a bunch of games, a bunch of teams that, uh, I'm just kind of intrigued by, uh, and want to get eyes on. And, uh, I've been calling it the North South showcase. Obviously it's also known as the Rick Denoweth Memorial, um, I think initially there was a lot of North versus South matchups and that's not necessarily the case uh, anymore. I mean, there still are some kind of directional matchups where, uh, you know, Escanaba will take on Plymouth, uh, Alpina and, and M1 United. Like those are some, some Northern versus Southern teams there, but, um, but not every matchup is, is necessarily that way. So um, nonetheless, some really high level teams from across the state, which I think is, is more the, main goal uh not necessarily the 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 directional rivalry there but um expecting what do i got here let me let me just kind of highlight some of the teams i'm most looking forward to i mean obviously i'm excited to see everybody it's an opportunity to get eyes on 24 teams in the state some of which i've already seen before uh live and on live barn but uh ultimately a couple teams here that i haven't seen yet at all so it'll be good to to kind of get eyes on them in that regard but um one right out of the gate escanaba they play plymouth uh as i mentioned they also play bay city two intriguing matchups escanaba is one you know if you go back to my conference previews uh preseason i was very high on escanaba a youth movement got a ton of young guys a lot of freshmen that commit that contributed last year. I was excited to see what they did in year two. Um, and I, I don't want to say have struggled um, thus far throughout the season, but maybe dropped a couple games. I, I thought they would win, but losing close games, losing tough games to the tough teams, you know, they dropped a, a six to five shootout game to, uh, to cap city. Cap city is a tough squad. Uh, I've talked about them ad nauseum quite a bit, you know, even on the last episode of the podcast, uh, so that law, you know, it's one where Escanaba, you know, you probably want it back. You probably wish you had another shot at it or, or an opportunity there. Um, but ultimately, like I said, it's just one, I want to get eyes on some of their top guys, Graham Johnson, Nolan Bank, Cully Hayes. Uh, you know, what do those guys, um, what are they going to look like there in, in some, I'd say pretty tough or unusual matchups, you know, Bay city is not, not an easy matchup there. Uh, with Gunnar Weber and and Plymouth is is no uh, easy task either there. So it's going to be a good test for Escanaba, and I'm curious to see kind of how they uh, step up to the challenge there. Um, another one, Alpina. This is a team I haven't seen yet. Uh, so excited to kind of see them for the first time. I know it's a young team. Uh, there's some 
some of their standout top guys I've gotten an opportunity to see in the fall, but it'll, it'll be nice to kind of see the collective, uh, the team as a whole. And Granville, I think, is a pretty is a potentially winnable game there for Alpina, but M1 United the next night is going to be super tough. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that game unfolds. M1 United is actually one of the other teams I'd, I'd like to see too. Uh, another team I haven't seen yet. They play Alpina, like I mentioned, but then they also play Allen Park. Both of those are very winnable games, I think, for the Griffins. It's a business trip. You know, go get it done. You're the better team. You think you're the better team. I think you're the better team. Just go be the better team. Uh, avoid that kind of slip up. I, I just think it's a nice spot for Charlie Price and company um, to kind of cement themselves where they're at. Uh, in the state and and, and kind of uh, maybe not snuff out any doubt because I wouldn't call it doubt per se. But like I said, if, if you think you're the better team, I think you're the better team. Just go be the better team. Pretty simple, right? So uh, another one here, Byron Center. I've seen them uh, on tape a couple times, but there's nothing, nothing like watching a team live. So uh, to be able to see Froisland and Pratt, um, and, and some of those guys live will definitely tell a, a different story. Uh, Howell could be a bit of a sneaky, tough game for Byron Center on paper and, and, and talent-wise. I think Byron Center has the edge, but Howell plays a tough schedule. They're they're used to playing teams like Byron Center, so it's not going to be uh, – the Highlanders aren't going to be surprised, basically, by Byron Center's speed or their top guys or the challenges they'll face in net and things like that. So Howell could be a, a sneaky, sneaky good matchup there for Byron Center. Uh, but Marquette is probably one of the ones I'm most intrigued by. Uh, Marquette is going to be a grind, I think, for anybody to play, let alone Byron Center. So um, quickly becoming, I think, one of the more dangerous teams in the state in Marquette. Uh, they don't really have, like, that top-line star power. Um you know, danger, you know, just uh, your, your number one scoring threat that you got to be aware of. Right. Uh, but they do go four lines deep, absolutely go four lines deep, six D and a solid goalie. Um, one of the deepest teams in the state, if not the deepest, you know, I'd, I'd put them right up there with um, Catholic central depth with Houghton's depth Marquette's right there in the mix uh, with their depth. Now it's that kind of top level scoring, uh, that you could say maybe they're missing or lacking a little bit or just hasn't come to the surface yet. So I think Byron Center probably has the edge because of their top guys. But ultimately, when Marquette can roll, open the door and just roll lines, uh, it can it can wear, wear any top line out, wear out any top team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know that Byron Center has faced a team quite like this before. So, you know, how do the Bulldogs respond and, and kind of handle that test? I'm very curious to find out. So... Uh, another one here, Bay reps, the host Bay reps, uh, again, they play Marquette, same reasons, kind of obvious, right? Just Marquette's depth. Um, and East Grand Rapids should be an interesting one as well. That's the second game that the reps will play. Um, Marquette, as I mentioned, definitely more deep than the Bay reps, but the reps top line is, is pretty unmatched at this point. Um, you know, I mentioned it on the blog that that top line is, you know, one of the best in the state, probably a top five, a top five top line in the state, if that makes sense. Uh, so it should be interesting. Put your cards on the table and, and let's see what happens. Um, and, and with that EGR matchup, you know, 
it's probably more of a test for East, but uh, but if the Bay reps get caught napping or take their foot off the gas, you know, if, if the reps play, what order do they go in here? Let me find, I got to double check here. Uh, yeah, they play Marquette Friday and then they'll play EGR Saturday. So, you know, if they take their foot off the gas after playing Marquette and think they're going to kind of coast or, or, you know, ease into that uh, East Grand Rapids game, they could be down two nothing before they before they know what happens, and then playing from behind uh, in a tough spot, and that could kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. You know, if you come out and you beat a tough Marquette team, you got to avoid that letdown there Saturday against a really tough EGR team that's going to make you work too. So, um, I probably shouldn't be too hard on the reps, though. Uh, I've gotten some pretty aggressive parents on social media this week uh, because what did I do? Did I pick against the reps twice? I picked against them once. Nah, it had to be just the one time. Uh, yeah, I just picked against them the one time. But uh, there were there were some pretty uh, fired up parents there on social media. I think maybe anxiously awaiting for me to arrive in town tomorrow morning. So hopefully, hopefully that's all in fun. I'm uh, I'm excited to get up there, uh, be a part of the event in a media capacity. Like I said, been a part of it as a coach. Um, known about it obviously for a lot of years, but it'll be fun to kind of be on this side of things, watch, evaluate, assess, uh, take no, I'll have plenty of notes coming out of the weekend and, and more content to follow as well. Uh, you know, I'm kicking, I got some ideas I'm mulling over, but I think, you know, one of the biggest ones, uh, I'm going to come away from this weekend with at least one player off of every team at the North South showcase. Uh, that I'd take on my team, right? I'm going to look, I'm going to watch everybody closely. I'm going to find that one kid. It might not be the top kid on every team. It might be that third line grinder type who's just working his ass off. Uh, might be that uh, undersized goalie who just battles and, and stands on his head, right? Like um, I'm pretty confident I can come away with at least one kid off of this, off of every team uh, at the North South showcase that, uh, that I would take on my theoretical hypothetical hypothetical team. Uh, so I'll be on, on site. Happy to talk hockey as always. Uh, and be sure to connect with me on social media, like, and subscribe to this video on YouTube. Uh, and then you can also follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify. So uh, until next time, until tomorrow, when I see you at the rink, uh, skate hard, have fun. Uh, 